everyone. This is uh, Paul Dick, owner of Stark Strength and Conditioning, Stark CrossFit, and I am here today with Mark and Kurt, also known as Batman and Robin, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be talking about powerlifting. So these are the guys that are gonna be uh, doing some demo powerlifting sessions starting this month, so October nineteenth at eight thirty p.m., October twenty sixth, and November second. 7.30 p.m., not 8.30, 7.30 p.m. So, um, so we'll, uh, we'll talk to, to Mark and Kurt and find out who they are and um, give us a little bit of background about themselves. All right, so as Paul mentioned, I'm Mark, and I'm going to be uh, one of the coaches here for powerlifting. Uh, my background is I came coming from a sport, sport background of playing soccer in university, uh, played a little bit of hockey as well. Uh, was a strength conditioning coach for several years at the university level and have now moved into uh, being able to work specifically within the sport of powerlifting. I have a bachelor's degree in kinesiology from the University of Winnipeg and then have since done a master's degree in strength conditioning from uh, the University of Worcester in England. What's up, everybody? Um Although, uh, you know, my portfolio might not be as uh, intricate as Mark's, a uh, couple of things uh, about myself is I grew up in a small town from Riverton, Manitoba. Uh, I grew up playing high school hockey, uh, hitting the gym with uh, all the bros in high school and enjoying lifting weights. And uh, a couple of years later out of high school, I realized that I wasn't going to ever be a hockey player, mostly because I didn't like traveling that much. And uh, blew out my knee and picked up strength and conditioning to recover and Realized that I had a kind of a, a knack for lifting weights, and uh, yeah, now I'm a national level powerlifter. Um, I've uh, won men's provincial championships in 2017, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Cool. So, so these these guys are about to uh, start teaching some uh, some powerlifting here at Stark, and. Uh, pretty cool because we've had some people already reach out to us it was in the last newsletter and I haven't posted anything on social media yet really but uh it was actually a few women that uh that had like come in and uh and asked about it and it's uh pretty cool to kind of see that there's already a few people that are excited about it and wanting to try and asking questions about it so um I guess uh we'll, we'll just start off with uh how long have you guys uh been lifting so uh power lifting more specifically yeah, I started lifting, bro lifting in high school. Uh, but I really got switched on to the sport of powerlifting in 2012 when I moved uh, from England to Alberta and was doing uh, lifting there. That was just kind of my own training stuff that I started doing there in 2012. And I've been doing it since. And yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I've had a, a couple injuries. Uh, as Kurt mentioned, he suffered an injury as well. I've had two injuries, non-powerlifting related, um, both of them uh, playing other sports. So I had one playing soccer and one playing uh, baseball that have impacted my ability to step on the platform. But uh, just really working within the sport to try to push the, the limits of myself and do the best that I can. Yeah, um, I've been lifting probably, uh, man, for probably a good uh, solid 10 years, obviously maybe not as consistent, maybe I was like to. Um, but I noticed back in uh, back in high school, I used to always spot my brother, and I don't know 
what was up with uh, the whole hockey dressing room, but it was always about the big bench press. So we always enjoyed, uh, always enjoyed spotting and loading for my brother and seeing how much he could bench. And I really enjoyed just uh, the atmosphere of slamming 45s together, and I thought that was really cool. So, uh, yeah, after, uh, yeah, like I said, after high school, you know, I started to uh, take it a little bit more seriously, and I met up with Mark a couple years ago and kind of realized that I, we had kind of something going uh, just between our friendship and uh, his, uh, his strength and coach and conditioning background and that just uh, – kind of just a snowball effect you know stepped on the platform uh, a little over a year ago um i thought we did quite well and uh and here we are uh, got a couple of plaques and a, and a medal that we're uh, very excited about we're very excited about the future uh, that uh, both of us have in, in the powerlifting community community here in uh, winnipeg so uh yeah lots of stuff to look forward to All right. So, um, so with your your background in powerlifting, there, what have you noticed about yourselves other than other than getting super jacked? Um, you know, other changes that you've made doesn't have to be just physical changes, but like, what what have you noticed that uh, powerlifting's brought into your lives since you guys started? Is there anything else other than being super jacked that matters? <laughs> um, yeah. I think the biggest part of it would be the mental part of it, uh, going through, going to the gym and working out on a regular basis, uh, kind of have like an 80-10-10 rule, 80% of the time your workouts are going to go as planned, 10% of the time you feel like you should just pack your gym bag and walk back out of the gym, and then 10% of the time it, uh, it feels like you could throw on way more weight on the bar uh, and just kind of lift, lift a house if you needed to, so kind of that 80-10-10 rule is something that I, I think about when I'm working out, that 80% of the time I'm going to do okay, 10% of the time I'm going to just have to go through the motions because I know that it's good for me to go through that. Maybe I don't put the weight on the bar that I was looking to put on the bar, but to still go in there and get the reps in, get the movement patterns down, and then those 10% of the time where you get in there and you're just like, I can lift a house today, uh, kind of strike while the iron's hot. Now, you have to, I have to be careful with that too and that you're not constantly trying to overshoot. You still look at the programming and work within that. But that'd be a big part of it is the mental aspect of it and just the, the frequency. If you want to, Kurt and I are actually talking about this uh, before we came to do the podcast here, is that if you want to get better at something, there has to be a frequency to it. You can't expect to go into the gym and squat once a week and become a really good squatter. You need to be having the frequency of the lifts to, to get in there and do it. So that's part of it. A big part of it was mental and just the frequency of it. And then, like I said, the other part of it is just doing some of the work that you don't always want to do, but know that it's good for you and to do it in the end. Uh, those would be a couple of the bigger parts about it. I think, uh, like I said, the mental aspect of it and just kind of and going through it, you're dealing with really heavy loads on a regular basis, and that takes a, a mental kind of piece on its own to when you step out of the rack to go, okay, this isn't going to be enjoyable, this isn't always going to be fun, um, to go through it. There's, I don't know, kind of a saying, I guess, that if you're, if the weight on the bar doesn't scare you, it's not heavy enough. And there needs to be a little bit of a fear factor involved with powerlifting in that when you're stepping up to that bar, if you have 100% confidence that you're going to move it, uh, that's good, but there should still be a little bit of a fear and they're like, this is going to be a grind, this could be tough, this could be whatever, and not in a negative mentality, like I don't want people thinking that they need to be beating themselves up. Uh, Kurt and I were talking about this after his competition at Westerns, that he's never stepped up to a bar and thought that he wasn't going to lift it. Every time he steps up to the bar, he knows he's going to move it, 
but that doesn't change that there's going to be like a little bit of like a, this is a, this one's going to be a tough one kind of thing. So, Kurt, you probably want to talk more about that. Yeah, um, basically kind of just in the whole uh, competition aspect of it. Uh, Mark really touched uh, just on the, the frequency thing and the attitude in and out of the gym, and I think he's right spot on with that. Um, I would say that, yeah, lots of my training sessions are just going through the motions, um, working on technical uh, proficiency just in all three lifts, making sure that I'm executing them with good form. Um, you know, lots of good coaches will tell you that if you're not uh, execution ex um, executing with good form, then it's a, it's kind of a missed lift. So, you know, to keep that in mind while you're practicing uh, week in, week out, especially coming up to a meet prep with all the commands that go into powerlifting, it's something really good to uh, really good to focus on. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, as 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 we come up to a competition or a meet, um, like Mark said, like uh, I think my whole life, um, having that self confidence, I think. Uh, kind of brought up in, in my, my household with uh, the sport background and the, the athleticism that our family has. Um, comes with a little bit of confidence, and, uh, you know, that, that can sometimes uh, wear, wear you out sometimes, you know, because, uh, like Mark says, you're going to have those days uh, where that weight's not going to move off the floor no matter how hard you pull on it and rip on it. Um, and that's, uh, those are days you're going to have to just uh, chalk off to those bad days. So Mark's spot on with that. Um, and it was also, like uh, Mark said, when, you know, you strike with the, the iron's hot and we uh, – coming up to a couple of the meets that we've had. Um, yeah, we'll go for it. You know, in that meet session, you know, throw the program aside a little bit. I mean, not too much. We still have parameters we work within, but uh, it is, uh, you want to see yourself PR, you know, making sure that your your mindset is is, is positive. And if uh, lifting, you know, a PR or whether it's a rep PR or whatever, um, that's going to help you uh, slingshot into the comp with, with some confidence because it's, it's always bad, um, you know, touching weights you've never touched before in comp. Um, and whereas if you've, uh, you've handled them before in training, um, and I mean, it doesn't have to be, uh, your last attempts, but at least, uh, some form of that load on the bar, you know, having confidence that, Hey, we've touched this before we've trained with this, this, uh, with, with this load before. And, you know, just having a confident mindset, uh, going into, going into, uh, the competition is, is huge. And, uh, and training as well, you know, making sure that, uh, your coach is well aware where you're at, where your head is at. If you've had a long day at work, you know, just keeping track of, uh, your stimulus and recovery and, and stuff like that is, is really important to having a really good meet. And uh, that's just to talk a little bit about uh, how powerlifting and how the community kind of trains and works together. One of the things that uh, Kurt and I have tried to spend a lot of time on or getting better at spending time on is recovery. Uh, coming from a, an injury, both of us coming from a bit of an injury background, is spending time on recovery, um, both doing some pre-stuff, uh, we'll do some work together, and then doing some workout stuff or stretching stuff to, uh, together, like partner stretching, some PNF stuff together to really make sure that we are recovered and ready to go for the next workout the next day. And again, but again, that's part of the, the mental aspect of it as well is just making sure that you're, you're feeling well and, and that kind of stuff. For the, the master's program that I did, I actually did it on powerlifting, the sport of powerlifting. And part of the paper that I wrote talked about the mindset of the athlete that you're involved with and how things like work and sleep and all the stressors involved in daily life can make a huge difference. And it's really important to not just brush those things aside. Uh, maybe somebody who's listening to this isn't interested in stepping on the platform and competing but just wants to get better at the lifts. It's important for us as coaches when you come in that we address those things with you like, how are things going at home? How are things going at work? Or whatever happened? Did you get in a car accident on the way here? Like, like something like if, there, if something's going really wrong, 
it's going to affect how you're lifting. If something, maybe you've had a super awesome day, you got a promotion or whatever's been going on, you've had a super, super good day, it's probably going to translate into you having a better day lifting as well. And just to be able to talk with the coach about that kind of stuff, just to really impact the situation so that you can work together as part of a team. Because uh, I think that's partly the thing that Kurt and I have together is that we, we have a good friendship and we can be honest with each other and talk with each other. And I think that's important to have between coach and athlete as well in that there's a, a working relationship there. And I know Paul will probably talk about this in his several years of personal training in that you can uh, meet with a client for the first time and do a personal training session and all of a sudden they're telling you stories about how their wife is cheating on them or different things like that. And it just becomes a real uh, kind of uh, like confidant relationship with your coach. And that can be a big deal in the mental aspect of it as well. Yeah, being uh, being in tune with your athletes as a coach is extremely important. And usually, uh, you know, someone walks in the door, always say hi, how's it going, and kind of you can you can figure out right away how the person's doing. Like, you know, if they're ready to kill it and they've got tons of energy, you're like, okay, it's going to be a good class. I can push them a little more. And you know, if they're like, eh, you know, not not super excited to to be in the gym or whatever, then you know, you might not want to be pushing them to their limits that day. Uh, it might, might not be such a great idea, but who knows, during that class, that could, uh, that could change uh, the way they're feeling too and make them, you know, feel a bit better than when they came in, which is always our goal here. But, um, yeah, it is, uh, you definitely got to have a good, good connection with your, your coach if you're an athlete and your athlete if you're a coach. And that's something that does happen, you know, over time. Um, I think there's, there's maybe in the past, like almost 20 years of doing this, uh, I've probably only had a couple clients that I haven't been able to crack. And, and by that, I mean like, you know, just some people you can, you can read really easily. You look at, you know, even they don't even have to say anything. You could look at them and kind of know how they're feeling. And then there's others who just, you can't, you can't read, but, um, yeah, most people most people are pretty you know honest. If you're gonna ask them how they're feeling that day, if you know if they're ready to push or if they need to uh, just to kind of go through the motions. So, um, with with that uh, topic right there specifically, like what do you guys do um, or how do you modify uh, when you come into the gym if you're sore or run down or anything like that? So if like Kurt's gonna come in for a training session, Mark. And, um, you know, maybe he's not feeling 100% that day. And, you know, you look at the, what you have programmed for that day. How, how are you guys going to modify that? You know, one of the things uh, <laughs> some, uh, some strength coaches always talk about is, uh, you know, what, you're, you're going to be tight some days. You're going to be sore some days. And sometimes it's best just to work, uh, work through them. Obviously, there's some, some variables to that. And it's not just a baseline we look at. But, you know, it, you know, and to be tight in the right places uh, is something we often look at. A little bit of muscle soreness means you had a good training session the day before. It doesn't mean that you can't have a, a good one on the present day. Um, but often, uh, you know, if it's a, if it's a little much, um, we'll spend a, an extra 10, 15, 20 minutes, uh, get warmed up, get moving. Um, and we'll start putting the load on the bar. And if things start moving really well, then we can go ahead and go uh, with the, the training session we have scheduled for the day. But if not, you know, there's always it's always okay to back off um, the volume, um, to back off the maybe the total load we're going to work with, maybe the percentage we'll back off, um, just to make sure we can get through the workout and get through uh, maybe technical practice, or we'll work on some other things that, you know, would uh, be better suited for that day if we're feeling a little mentally fatigued, and and that'll happen. Um, 
especially as you're you're really starting to increase your training frequency. If if you're if you're progressing in the sport, um, you'll want to really monitor uh, your recovery because it'll it'll eventually kind of hit you from behind um, when it comes down to tapering for a meet. Um, if you're not uh, paying attention to your body, if if, if your coach is kind of ignoring uh, kind of any sort of recovery issues that you're having, you know it'll really come down to your week before and and, and you'll go and do your first warm-up sets and it'll feel really really heavy and you want to try and avoid that as best you can because like we talked about before having that mental confidence to go into a meet and having that recovery um, aspect uh, looked out after and making sure that you're eating well and and me and Mark uh, we've kind of been experimenting a little bit uh, with uh, kind of having refeed days and that's worked really well that's not the case for everybody but you know having midway through the week um, a refeed day and making sure we're, we're getting a little bit of power naps I know everybody likes napping um, you know, and stuff like that, making sure we're getting enough calories, maybe going to cal- uh, caloric surplus for the day. Um, and yeah, just, uh, kind of trying to remove any sort of mental stressors that could, uh, that could come up or that have come up and kind of just zone out. If you got to go for a walk or, you know, that often helps, you know, going for a walk, clearing your mind, making sure that you're ready for the, the remainder of the week training sessions. If you are increasing the volume for the, for the rest of the week or intensity or whatever that may be, just making sure that your head is clear and ready to go for the next training workout. Yeah, again, uh, mental stuff is important. Uh, connecting, again, connecting with the athlete. Uh, if there's something that really seriously needs to be talked about, obviously to talk about that and to, and to deal with it before going to training uh, is something important. If for whatever reason the athlete is dealing with something, maybe a, a niggle or an injury or something that's bothering them, we'll spend some time doing some prehab with it before they lift. And then also just making modifications to the workout if we need to. So... If it's, hey, I can, I can still do go through a squat motion, but I can't do it with load, uh, maybe we just work on technique. So just put, put a bar on the back and just work on technique. Or we can look at the programming for the week and go, you know what, today is supposed to be a squat day, and it's just not feeling it. Your hip's really bothering you today for a squat day. Uh, let's modify today. We'll do your bench day today. Give your hip another day to rest. And then we can see about what this feels like for tomorrow for doing your squats or two days later when you're doing your squats or whatever it happens to be and adjusting the program that way. Uh, We also do a fair bit of our programming based on RPE. Um, For those who don't know, that's uh, like rate of perceived exertion of the lift. And we gauge that on a scale of 10. And basically, however many reps you have left in the tank is kind of how you'd score it. So if you said something was an 8 RPE, that'd mean you have two reps left in the tank to go is kind of how we score our lifts. Uh, and we score we score the lifts. Uh, each individual lift will score sometimes, uh, as well as we'll score each set. And then sometimes we'll also even score the workout as a whole uh, on that RPE scale. So we can have like sessional RPE or even individual set RPE for that as part of it. It's a little bit tougher to do with athletes who aren't as experienced uh, because they don't truly know what a heavy load feels like. Uh, You could have somebody step under 135 pounds who's not used to stepping under a bar and go, oh, this feels really heavy because their concept of heavy isn't uh, the same as somebody who's who's familiar with it. And so in that case, we will still what I'll do is instead of asking an athlete on a scale of an RPE, I'll just say on a scale of one to 10, how did that feel for you? It's always funny to me when I get answers like heavy. And I said, no, on a scale of one to 10, how did that feel for you? And then they'll be able to give me an answer. And I can kind of guess sort of percentage, sort of RPE in my own mind and work with the athlete at, at that point. Uh, always keeping my eyes on them as well, right? So if somebody's telling me, oh, that felt like a seven, 
I'm going to be more likely to be like, okay, well, let's try maybe a little bit extra, but and then be right there and spotting them to make sure, uh, just because if they're telling me that that's what that feels like, then it might be that they're close to a failure point and they're going to need to be have a spotter with them. So just yeah. <laughs> felt like a seven looked like a nine. Yeah. So uh, just yeah, being able to work with the athlete with where they're at on that day. Um, but there is days I know, like I actually have specifically kept a video on my phone. Uh, Kurt was over one day, we were, we were squatting and he was saying like, oh, this sucks. I'm not, this is not feeling it today. This isn't feeling good. Uh, we worked up to, I think we had 309 on the bar cause we we're doing it in kilos. So the conversion of whatever it is, 140 to, to pounds is 309 and didn't feel very good. And then, well, let's try, let's try one more to have at, uh, at 160. So we put 160 on, oh, it's actually feeling a little bit better. And we ended up working to, I think it was a rep PR that day that we worked up to uh, for a squat for, for Kurt and felt great afterwards. So there we had a little bit of an issue, uh, but again, we monitored it and just part of it is the communication and talking, uh, talking to each other as we're going through it. Yeah, I just want to touch a little bit on um, intuitive training a little bit. It, you know, this, this RP scale that Mark talks about, um, it's just really important just to, for athletes and, and just you know, the specificity of uh, learning who you are going to be, what kind of powerlifter you're going to be, how, how you feel in and out of the gym. Um, and it's just all just paying attention to what you're doing. It's focused on the task at hand. You know, it's making sure that, you know, it, it goes for everything. It goes for um, stress or control, recovery, um, RPE skills. That just, you know, making sure that the athlete is focusing on how their body's reacting to maybe certain stimulus or certain training or certain workouts. You know, it's just helping um, whoever comes in here for, for the powerlifting program to really help them uh, just utilize um, the best program that'll be um, for them. And then that'll change person to person. And I think uh, by, by enabling uh, athletes to really pay attention to um, their recovery, um, RP scales, and just uh, making sure that uh, they know how uh, they're supposed to feel when, when a load is on the bar. And also that they have confidence in the coaches that are watching bar speed and when they feel heavy that we're, we have confidence in them that they can move that weight and that, uh, that we'll keep the work on track. So, uh, yeah, just a real confidence booster when uh, you have a whole community that are just uh, really looking out for each other and, and uh, yeah, just helping each other get stronger day by day. Cool. It seems like, um, you know, you guys are pretty in tune with what you're doing and, uh, and your training, which not everyone is. I know some athletes will ask how, how they're feeling or how that, that set felt and the feedback you get is, Oh, I don't know. Or it's, um, uh, it's tough. And I think like sometimes newer athletes end up getting that, uh, you end up getting that type of feedback from them. So, um, the more you do it, the more I know athletes should be in tune with their bodies. And I just had a conversation with one, uh, I think it was yesterday, just over the phone, and um, we were just talking about how uh, a goal for for her for Evelyn should be to uh, to really just pay attention to how she's feeling when she's when she's moving. Like you know, did that feel like you were in a good position, bad position? Did it feel heavy? And um, I know sometimes in class we ask like you know how did that feel, and she says I don't know. It's just trying to trying to be in tune with your body and just really paying attention to to what you're doing. And uh, I think that can definitely go a long way. It's it's hard to get people to uh, hard to get people to change stuff if it's a movement pattern or if it's uh, some some sort of uh, technique or a drill if they can't get a feel for what was right and what was wrong. So 
Um, I want to ask you guys what are uh, the three best things that you can say about uh, the powerlifting community. I know that uh, I'm I'm not really into the powerlifting community here in Winnipeg. I don't even know if we have that much of a powerlifting community. I don't hear about it a whole lot. Weightlifting, yes, I've I've seen different clubs around the city and and see them at meets and stuff like that. Um, CrossFit, definitely know that that's. Um, that's booming and that's kind of, well, that's kind of my scene. So, um, but I, I don't know a whole lot about the powerlifting community here in Winnipeg. And I don't know if you guys can talk about that and maybe give like, you know, three of the, three of the best things that, uh, that you can think of, um, in, in that community. Yeah. The powerlifting community in Winnipeg right now isn't overly big. Uh, it's definitely grown over the, the past, even especially 12 months, uh, hosting the Westerns definitely helped that. Uh, this year, Calgary is hosting the national championships for IPF, and then also they're hosting the world championships uh, this year as well, which both of those have helped grow the sport here in Manitoba, having somewhere uh, in the Western provinces hosting such large events has definitely inspired people to be like, hey, I want to try to, to make those or compete at those or participate in those kind of events. So that's definitely helped the growth of the sport. There currently are no registered powerlifting clubs here in Winnipeg with the uh, Manitoba Powerlifting Association. Uh, we are going to be changing that with Stark Powerlifting as uh, the plan uh, to be able to have uh, an actual registered club so that people know who we are and what we're doing. Uh, the, I think some of the good things about the powerlifting community, though, is that there's uh, there's a lot of online information that's shared and uh, within the community, back and forth. Even uh, like when you go to a competition, we just like I said, we just had Western Championships in recently, and the conversations that guys have with each other, encouraging each other. So you're a guy like your Kurt competes as an 83, and he steps off the platform. And a guy who he's directly competing against looks at him and gives him knuckles and says, great lift. And so that's something that's really good about the community is uh, the encouragement that you have amongst your, your lifters, even though they're guys or girls that you're directly competing against, is definitely one big thing that's it's really exciting. Like I said, uh, the a lot of information is being shared around uh, right now. I know there's different, there's different guys, uh, Avi, who is the Team Canada coach uh, based out of Alberta, he just put out a, something called My Strength Book and is talking, it's all about monitoring your loads and that kind of stuff. And he's got some information that he shares. And um, Bryce at Calgary Barbell shares lots of videos and lots of information. Uh, and there's just a lot of guys right now that are, are sharing information on their training. And I know that back in the day, uh, there used to be a lot of like, people just kind of keep them to themselves and not sharing what was going on and hiding stuff and not wanting other people to know. But it's almost like, uh, I'm going to tell you what I'm doing and I'm going to show you what I'm doing. And almost, it seems like a little bit of a challenge to, I don't care that I'm telling you. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, it doesn't even matter. I'm going to show you what I'm doing. I'm going to tell you what I'm doing. Um, and just kind of, you can come along for the ride kind of thing. Check me out, ask me questions about it or challenge me on it. Uh, and yeah, there's lots of good talking about it going on. Man, I almost thought we were going to get into the whole West Side thing, but uh, apparently not. Uh, you know, three things, yeah. Uh, well, did anybody mention donuts? Because I know that's always a huge thing. Uh, us, yeah. You know, it's always good uh, in the powerlifting community. Uh, everyone's, everyone's family. Um, we're surrounding ourselves with like-minded people. And uh, I think uh, 
Mark Bell from Super Training always says, you know, strength is never a weakness. So I think if we can surround ourselves with with like-minded people who want to get stronger, who want to uh, better themselves in and out of the gym, I think that is key um, with a strong community and a supportive community. Um, yeah, and, you know, many times uh, it's exactly uh, the days where it's 10 o'clock at night and I don't feel like training and Mark sends me that text and he says, the platform's yours, the gym's open, so hobble on over there and, you know, if I, if I have to get an extra cup of coffee or if Mark has to slap me around a bit, we'll get through a training session. And that's not always the case. Um, in, uh, in a commercial gym that whoever's training at, uh, you don't get that to support. You don't get that encouragement. Um, so, yeah, that'll be huge. I think uh, a community that we'll build here um, is we're going to build a, a strength family. Um, you know, you won't, uh, you won't be unseen. You know, your progress uh, will probably guarantee you that you'll uh, see great progression in your squat, bench, and deadlift, and I think uh, we're going to have an awesome time here. I think, you, I think you touched on something that's really important, and part of the reason that... Uh, Kurt and I even approached you, Paul, in the first place was to talk about all this, was community. And that you've built a really awesome community here uh, at your gym. Uh, and that's something that we see as very valuable and which is why, again, we wanted to talk to you about partnering together with you. One of the things that I learned uh, with regards to powerlifting and having a really good community is uh, somebody suggested the idea of that you're never the most important person in the gym. And if you keep that concept in mind, it really helps to kind of build family. And that the person who's squatting, if they're, th if they're thinking, I'm not the most important person in the gym, that's probably a good thought. Because to them, the most important person in the gym has got to be the two guys beside them and the one guy be behind them spotting. And same thing for the spotters. If the spotters are thinking, hey, I'm the most important person in the gym, well, you're wrong because the most important person to you at that time, moment in time, should be the guy or girl that's right in front of you or beside you actually lifting the weight and the most important person to you is spotting them, right? So uh, that idea of kind of in, within the community that it doesn't matter if you can squat or bench press or deadlift the world record or not, that you're not the most important person in the gym and it doesn't matter how strong you are, but that you're part of the community and that you're giving to the community and not just here to, to take from it and that we're all here to give because I really believe that everybody has something that they can teach somebody else, uh, whether maybe it's just a simple cue that uh, I pick up from you, like, hey, maybe uh, I learned one from Brad about like, lift your big toe up in your shoe. And it's just, it's a cue to help uh, direct people on how to move their body weight slightly differently. Um, and so there's always something you can learn from other people, which is really good. And again, that just the community aspect of it is something that we're really, really excited about. Uh, and it helps, uh, you wouldn't understand this, I think from, I think part of the reason why success, cross, CrossFit has had the success that it has is because of the community. Uh, not just here at Stark, but globally, the CrossFit community is... Uh, the success of why CrossFit has become so big. And we'd like to be able to build off of that within the community here and expand it out into the powerlifting community to just, like, say, hey, like, we are successful because we, not because of an I. Yep. I can totally agree with that. And I think that, uh, you know, adding, adding powerlifting to what we're already offering here is just going to, it's just going to, keep things growing like you know seeing people hitting PRs in class doesn't matter how new they are or how long they've been coming here everyone celebrates it you know we've got our PR bell um, it's got inscribed on it uh, 
bring it then ring it. And uh, it's cool seeing people like, you know, getting psyched about hitting a PR and then going over and ringing it. And then everyone in the gym just cheers them on. And, you know, it doesn't matter how well you know that person or whatever, you're just happy about, you know, their success. And, uh, and it's kind of cool to see that. And I think uh, seeing more and more of like the CrossFit videos, like you had mentioned, uh, how the community is such a great success globally. Like now you're seeing more CrossFit videos where high-level CrossFitters are going out and hanging out and lifting with, with power lifters and strongmen and stuff like that. And it's like bringing those communities together, which is really cool. Um, it's, uh, I think it's something that, that has potential to, to keep growing. And uh, as long as, uh, you know, drama and stuff like that stays to a minimum, then, uh, then you can kind of keep a, a really great community and, uh, you know, and training environment for everyone. So, um, you know, we've got some of those demo days coming up, October 19th, 26th, and November 2nd. Um, those ones, I know, we're going to be focusing more on bench on the 19th, squat on the 26th, and deadlift on November 2nd. So um, I guess maybe let people know what they can expect in, in those sessions and then in a typical class. So let's, let's go with the demos first, guys. Uh, for the demo days, we'll, we're going to run them similar to how we'd run a class uh, with going through, uh, again, focusing on the community aspect of it, doing a, a team warm-up. Uh, then we'll go through uh, the movements that we're going to be going through. So on that specific day, we'll work through, here's the movement. Well, our warm-up will be re re related sorry, to uh, the movement that we're going to be doing for that day. And then we'll, we'll work together to go through that movement. Everybody will be kind of working on their own thing relative to that. Uh, we're not just going to hand out cookie-cutter stuff to people. We definitely, especially within those demo days, want to give people individual feedback to show them uh, how they can be better at what they're doing. Um, and then do uh, basically like a group team cool-down stretching, partner stretching, uh, really kind of see if we can focus on some of like the ROMWAD type stuff and partner stretching and really working through some of the fun stuff that you can do together when you have a partner to stretch with as well. Kurt's shaking his head that he doesn't want to say anything. <laughs> yeah, uh, so specific, like I said, specifically on the days, uh, we're going to go through the movements and exercises specific to those movements. So we'll do a bench day and look at maybe what it would be specific to warming up a bench, warming up a squat, warming up a deadlift, and how those things differ on the different days, some of the accessory movements that would be involved with them. And then again, some of the different things. Everybody's going to have a slightly different movement pattern to them. Like uh, I know even specifically, like Paul, because of the injury that you have, you squat slightly differently. Um, but just looking at how that works. Uh, we are going to be with the squat, uh, specifically focusing on high bar squatting. Uh, because with the CrossFit and the Olympic weightlifting that we do here at Stark, we want the athletes to have that same sort of motor pattern for when they do all their squatting. So we're going to focus on high bar squatting within powerlifting, uh, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. Powerlifting does, uh, a lot of guys still do high bar squatting. Uh, Stan, that was just here, uh, he's sort of a high bar squatter. Um, and, but yeah, so just focusing on that kind of stuff, the bench press, obviously like a horizontal movement press, which, uh, we know from watching the CrossFit games this year, there was what 10% of the male athletes that had tears in their pec muscle, 
uh, just from not being used to that sort of thing. Yes, there's obviously speed involved in it and stuff, but it's just it's a movement that uh, it's not used necessarily a lot in CrossFit. But looking at developing that horizontal press motion and then how we can use things like leg drive um, and pushing into the bench and tightening up the back and the kind of the concept is get as tight as you can and then get a little bit tighter when you're bench pressing. You can never really be tight enough. And then de uh, deadlift, we'll, um, we'll go over the two different techniques for deadlift. We'll go over a conventional style deadlift and the sumo style deadlift. Uh, different setup positions for them, different pulling positions for them, different hip back angles for them, grip positions. Uh, we can talk about some stuff like whether we would choose to use a hook grip versus uh, like a inverted grip or a double overhand grip and those types of things as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, there was a night that uh, you guys were here deadlifting, and I kind of jumped in with you, and uh, we took a bunch of weight off the bar, and uh, and you let me let me try it. But we were uh, it was really cool because I've never done a, a sumo deadlift before, or really worked on it, and um, it was awesome. Like the amount of coaching that you guys gave me on it, and uh, previously having broken my back in uh, a rock climbing accident. Um, I was able to stay a lot more upright with it and didn't put a whole lot of stress on my lower back like when you do a conventional deadlift. So even if you're in a good position, you're still kind of levered over the bar a little bit more and uh, there's definitely more pressure on that, that lower back. So I know there's days where if I am doing deadlifts, I'll, I'll end up tapping out if I feel kind of where or you know, reducing the load if I feel it where I had previously broken it. And I'm like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to go back to that. But, uh, I didn't get super heavy when, um, when you guys were, were helping me out and getting me into the sumo position, but it is like a much more upright position. And, uh, and I did notice that it wasn't, uh, didn't bother my, my lower back at all. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, Kurt, Kurt pulls sumo for, for competition. Uh, we do include some conventional pulling in his training and stuff as well. But yeah, it definitely uh, definitely keeps you in a more of an upright position. Uh, a lot of you can really squeeze the glutes and drive through on that. Uh, I've just switched over from conventional. I was a conventional puller until well, I don't know, like what, like six months ago or something. Yeah, <laughs> and now I've switched over to the dark side and become uh, trying sumo pulling. Uh, it is, like I said, it, it it's fun. Um, I, we'd have to obviously talk, we could talk a whole probably podcast about the, how that relates to CrossFit and if you're doing things in competition and how you're looking at moving. Because uh, when you're doing a sumo deadlift, part of the reason that people will switch to a sumo deadlift is it's a much shorter range of motion than if you're doing a conventional. So it could be argued that if you wanted to participate in CrossFit, uh, just to get reps done, it's a shorter range of motion. You can move through it potentially quicker and, uh, and do it that way. So and I don't know if I've ever seen... A CrossFit athlete, though, do dead, uh, sumo deadlifts, but typically, like in in competitions, it's usually stated that you have to have your hands within your, or sorry, your your feet within your hands, so you can't go too wide with the too wide with your feet. Um, there, you know, if there is any any type of competition or they're allowing that type of lift, then I can definitely see that being beneficial with the reduced range of motion on it. And, um, yeah, it's it's definitely something that needs to be practiced, though. You don't want to just, like, try to get into that position and pull. Like, we, we did spend, you know, a bit of a bit of time working on that. Um, and, uh, it, yeah, it was, it was interesting just trying to get into the right positions. And it's, you know, it's cool. Like, 
learning all over again something completely new and different and being the being the student rather than the coach so um so who who would you guys say would be like the biggest uh, the, the biggest group coming to you guys for for powerlifting? Is it just you know people wanting to get off the couch and not do much cardio and just lift heavy shit, or would it be like you know is it going to be good for CrossFitters to uh, to train and do that, or is that going to be too much, or um, you know who who do you guys see as being you know most of the the people that are going to be showing up to these classes? Yeah, um, yeah, I know. I, I think uh, I think often uh, people get a a bad rap uh, just with powerlifting or weightlifting or CrossFit feeling that you have to be a bit younger and and whatnot all, but that's not the case with powerlifting. I think uh, we have a, a very diverse community and I think there's a lot of a lot of uh, different age groups um, and I think we've uh, just to touch a little bit on the, the female aspect of it um, I think we've seen a huge spike in female athletes uh, powerlifting um, just because of um, the kind of just their, their structure their schedule structure they're, they're able to um, be really efficient at lifting um, especially in the squat uh, bench and deadlift uh, just with the range of motion um, and just the way their hip structures are often, um, they're really great sumo pullers. They can get to a really good position. And that carries over into an awesome total in the end, which makes them uh, very competitive in the sport of powerlifting. Um, and, yeah, like, uh, we, we expect everyone, everyone and uh, everybody to come. Um, I, think, uh, I think athletes, uh, CrossFitters, weightlifters, um, um, anybody who wants to get stronger, I think, is more than welcome to come here and, and show up and have an awesome time. I think we're going to provide a really informative atmosphere so that everyone can better um, these three lifts and to carry over into whatever they're doing daily life, um, whatever kind of sports or whatever, or just uh, being a better powerlifter if that's what they're into. We're, uh, we're here to provide that and uh, make sure we encourage uh, people to get stronger and uh, really enjoy this process. Cool. So, what do you think about um, what do you think about like women in powerlifting? I know that typically any time a woman touches a weight, she's going to get huge from it. Like, just like mass. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was me being sarcastic. Um, that is that is kind of like, a, I don't know, something out there that, that women think as soon as they touch weights or lift weights, they're going to get big. And that is something we have definitely, you know, not seen here. We have seen women get stronger, leaner, more defined, um, all that good stuff, but I haven't seen any any women like you know just getting huge um, from from lifting. And um, you know what what is that like in the the powerlifting community? I, I know I can't really speak on that, but you guys can. <laughs> yeah. So there's a meme that I've seen on Facebook with Dwight from uh, the Office, and it says that lifting weights makes you big. False. Eating cupcakes make you big. And I think that that's kind of the reality to it. Like, we could get into the whole science about how uh, muscles require more calories to exist than, than fat does. And if you put more muscle on, then if they maintain cal caloric intake, then you could actually get trimmer and that kind of stuff. But, yeah, the idea behind it is that kind of anybody who wants to can come with looking at the female aspect of it. Uh, there's more participants in provincials and westerns this year than have ever been participating previously within the sport here in Manitoba. And if you look to other provinces as well, the, the numbers are the same across Canada. The female lifters are, are definitely going up. 
Uh, Canada, as a side note, I'll throw out a, a shout out to Ray Astin, is uh, one of is Canada's best female lifter uh, of all time. Uh, holds a bunch of records and uh, is if you're to see her, actually she was here in Winnipeg for Western Canadians, and some of the people were here and I said, oh, you see her that girl over there? And I'm like, yeah. And I was like, she's one of the best lifters in the world. And they're like, no, because she looks like a normal female. And doesn't look super jacked necessarily or anything like that, but uh, is incredibly strong, but still looks feminine and still looks female. And uh, if anybody ever had any questions, I think she would definitely be somebody that you could to look towards as, a, as an example of still being able to be feminine, but being incredibly strong within the sport. So, yeah, you can have, uh, we can have anybody coming in, older people, younger people, male, female coming in. Uh, we can adjust the programming as needed to be able to do that kind of stuff. And I think that there is opportunity as well uh, within the sport of powerlifting. If somebody is paying, hey, you know what, like I really struggle with doing pull-ups because they're a bit heavier body weight wise. Well, they might have really strong legs if they're carrying extra body weight around and be really good at squatting. So where they've maybe struggled with success in the sport of CrossFit because of things like doing pull-ups or those kind of body weight movements, yeah, they, uh, they could be actually really successful in squatting and deadlifting because they have really strong legs from carrying around some extra body weight. And we can use that as a foundation point to build success and say, hey, you know what, you're really good at this. You've got a strong lower body. Let's use this as a point to build success into their lives, and then that can lead to other successes and other areas of fitness as well. Saying, hey, you know what, like, if you want to be better at pull-ups, well, we can do things to help in the sport, within the sport of powerlifting, to help you build better pull-ups. You're like, well, how is that? You do bench press. Well, the biggest bench pressers in the world have huge backs. They are really, really strong backs. And so having a strong back is going to help you be better at pull-ups. So... Uh, we can really work with your athletes in that aspect of it as well. And even, again, the, the transfer over to within the sport of CrossFit, if that's what uh, people are interested in coming to it for, is I said this today to somebody at work. I'm like, I could do bicep curls with a spoon till infinity because relative to my strength, the spoon is very light. There is no spoon. <laughs> Simply understand that there is no spoon. Um, and so you could do the same thing. If, you, if we're able to build a lot of strength within your legs, um, uh, upper body-wise, pressing movements with bench press, and we now thrusters are put into your workout, but you're able to squat whatever 400 pounds for reps, and you get a 95-pound barbell to do thrusters with, it's going to seem really light, and you're going to be able to cycle that really quickly because relative to your strength, that's a, a light weight. So just being able to build strength in that way but as well, just for people who are interested, possibly within the sport themselves, uh, just to be able to try something new um, within the sport. There is obviously you can transfer over to, to other sports as well, other than CrossFit. Like Kurt's coming from a hockey background. I'm coming from a soccer background. But it could be whatever, whatever you're interested in as well. If you just want to be able to build strength, uh, the idea of power is a function of both speed and strength. So you could be really fast, but if you don't have the strength to go with it, you're still not going to be a, a powerful athlete. Um, so we can help add that strength component for some of those athletes as well. So, yeah. So what is the uh, rep range that you guys are usually working with in, uh, in typical workouts? So I know it's not like, uh, you know, bodybuilders are trying to, uh, to, 
create some hypertrophy and, and get bigger is what they're looking for, like on stage and stuff like that. Um, you know, CrossFitters sometimes will do, if we're doing like a strength session, we could be doing squats for anywhere from singles to, you know, sets of two or three or five, or depending on the day, maxing out uh, your your max set of 20. Um, it, it all depends. Like we're all over the place with it. And uh, that's kind of what you have to do to be more well-rounded. But, you know, as a power lifter, I know um, endurance-wise, you guys usually aren't aren't that great. Like, we could probably, if we pissed you off, we could probably outrun you. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but if you caught us, you'd break us. So, um, like, what is, your, what is your typical rep range in, uh, in your workouts? Well, I'll just uh, touch a little bit on my, uh, kind of my training background for me for the last two years uh, with Mark. Um, uh, typical rep ranges, um, yeah, you know, we, we talk about programming um, and, and different stages of programming and, and uh, programming uh, potentiation maybe, or I should say phase potentiation. We'll, we'll kind of start with uh, more higher rep ranges, um, a couple of sets of anywhere from 8 to 12, um, especially when we're, for, let's say we're, we're in our off-season, um, which I think most of us are. We like to at least to use that as a term to maybe be a little bit more lazy, but we can move on from that. Um, well, yeah, we'll train anywhere from 8 to 12 just to get some hypertrophy work in. Um, if we need to build up our lats, like Marcus talked about, for a, for a bigger bench or for, for a better shelf or when we sit that uh, squat bar on our back, um, those are all things we'll go, do kind of further away from the meat, uh, less uh, specific to what we'll actually be doing as the squat bench and deadlift. And we'll do work up to, uh, you know, a couple sets of 8 to 12 just, uh, just to kind of get some new stimulus um, with the power lifters. And then uh, move into more of a strength, uh, a strength phase where I think lots of athletes will work with uh, anywhere from a set of two to five just to, to build strength. And, and that's really what our goal is uh, as, as powerlifters, to build strength, not necessarily test it. And I think uh, a lot of the old school um, 70s to 80s and maybe early 90s, lots of the powerlifters were, were doing singles every day. And not to say to, to discredit uh, the efficiency or effectiveness um, of training in that. Um, there's just a lot of hazards and injury that can come along with that. And if we're talking about being healthy and getting stronger, I think uh, the, the longevity of us lifting is far more important than, uh, than testing strength. So I think building strength is uh, the whole goal of powerlifting. And, uh, and we'll uh, also talk a little bit about um, good technical practice. Um, if we're training uh, for a set of five after we've done some hypertrophy work, um, we'll make sure that our intensities, uh, intensity zones are correct so that we're doing good technical practice. I think that's one of the biggest under, undermined thing is, is looking at good, good work instead of bad work. If we're failing lifts and if it looks ugly and if it looks, a, looks like a grinder or, or whatever the case, then I think we want to make sure that, uh, that our rep ranges are, are apparent to what intensity we're working with. And if we're going to be doing uh, even... Uh, you know, some even athletes respond really well to a lot of a lot of sets, and then this will be this will come down to um, more athlete specific. But some, uh, I know Mark, um, we talked about doing. Oh, let's do a couple sets of, of of ten, and we would swap that and do maybe ten sets of two or three with the same intensity zone and achieve much uh, a much greater um, work capacity that way because I was doing uh, more. I was being more technically proficient with my lifts, especially with the sumo deadlift. Uh, as it's a little bit more technical than, uh, than a conventional deadlift, it allowed us to um, work with uh, a lower rep range but get the same amount of work done like a hypertrophy block, which would have more reps. So I like to say that we use hypertrophy maybe as more of a kind of uh, an abbreviation to what we're doing maybe for, for a couple of weeks rather than uh, an actual term, uh, so, so to say. But 
I'll let Mark uh, touch on a little bit of the one rep thing and uh, how we uh, kind of achieve the explosiveness and one rep max for when we're coming closer to a meet. Yeah, so uh, if you ask a powerlifter to do four reps, they might look at you funny and say, why are we doing cardio today? So, <laughs> um, yeah, we do a lot of uh, lower rep stuff. We, like I said, Kurt mentioned, we will do some higher rep stuff uh, in the off season to work on some hypertrophy stuff. More muscle mass just means more muscle to move the weight with, which is good. And then as we get closer to uh, stepping on the platform for a competition, we'll go through a taper cycle and bring those down to singles and doubles. Um, with high, high technical proficiency, because that's part of it as well, that there has to be uh, kind of like with your volume intensity curve, if you're looking at it on a period periodization chart, there's going to be a technical piece that goes along with you on that on that periodization to to go along with it. Because you if you're moving the weight, but you're not technically moving it correctly, uh, we'll just, we'll stop reps. So if you're scheduled to do five reps in that set, and on rep four, you've completely tanked the technique but still have the strength to move another one, we'll ask you to rack the bar uh, because the fact, just the fact of moving the weight but moving it incorrectly is actually less beneficial to you uh, in the long run. So we'll actually rack the bar, allow you to recover uh, and adjust from that point going forward and really focus on the technique part of it because uh, it's, it's super, super important. I know that within CrossFit you guys have standards, movement standards. Uh, we have the same things. We have judges that say, yes, now you can step up to the bar. Yes, now you can squat the bar. Yes, now you can rack the bar. And it's very technical. And if you're not meeting those depth standards, same thing as in CrossFit, uh, your hip joint has to cross the plane of your knee joint, then you're not making it. And so, yeah, we really need to we focus on uh, on that side of it there as well. Yeah, you were talking about technical proficiency and just, uh, just you know, having good lifts. And I know that's something that we always push here as well. And that's something that uh, I'm happy that all the, the coaches, you know, make use of in their training and then they implement in classes as well. But, uh, you know, I think that people, if they have, if, if most of their reps are garbage reps, then uh, that's probably what they're going to be, you know, showing whenever they are training or competing or whatever so you know like you had said limiting you know if they start to break down or something's not looking good technical proficiency isn't there then uh then just kind of like limiting your athlete and, and keeping uh keeping everything looking good so kurt's got something to say yeah just uh we're going to touch a little bit on doing uh singles and getting closer to a meet um you're going to have those days too uh where you're you're your technique is going to diminish a little bit uh, as we're getting closer to the 95, 97, you know, 100, 100% uh, um, intensity zones. And, and, and that's to be expected. Um, we, you know, we're, you're dealing with max effort. Um, but the thing is, if we're, if we're practicing um, good uh, technique, um, you know, 85, 95% of the time, we can try and eliminate those, those sessions uh, where, you, you know, you'll lose a little bit of reform or you lose a little bit of your back off the floor. And, you know, and that's the whole purpose of uh, making sure that we're getting good practice is to make sure we eliminate as many of those, uh, those bad days or off days where, where the weight can kind of feel a little heavy or, you know, our grip is slipping. You know, those are kind of things we try and, try and avoid and, uh, by just having good practice. Perfect practice makes perfect. So, um, yeah, do you guys have anything you want to add? Like, I think we covered a lot, and I think we probably do another, another um, 
podcast once the powerlifting program is started up and stuff. Um, do you guys have anything you want to add? I just have a real desire to talk like Batman, but that's the only thing. I <laughs> know it's all good. All right. Well, thank you, uh, thank you, Mark and Kurt for uh, for coming out and sharing your knowledge and uh, your passion for powerlifting with everyone. So hopefully, uh, those of you out there lifting, if you do have some interest in it or just want to kind of check it out, then uh, you could always sign up online on our website with uh, our, the demo days. So October 19th, 26th, and November 2nd at 7.30 p.m. They'll be doing about maybe an hour session, maybe a little longer, depending on how things go and how many people show up. If, uh, if nobody shows up, then I guess we won't be doing anything, but maybe lifting ourselves. <laughs> but yeah, bro sesh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe some curls in between to recover. But uh, no, hopefully we'll get some people out. Uh, you know, even if you're not a member here or you're on the other side of the city and you want to come and check uh, check the gym out and just uh, maybe learn some uh, learn something, then uh, that'd be great. We'd love to have you down. So uh, thanks again for for listening. And uh, do you, you guys have anything to share? Like if uh, you know if someone wants to follow you or anything like that. Not like follow you home tonight, but I mean like you know Instagram or yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, Kurt, you have a Instagram account there. You, yeah, you I can pull it up here. Uh, it's we usually post some of our training vlogs, and I think we'll get. Yeah, I think uh, I think we'll get uh, some media going on for the powerlifting class, just to just to just uh, let people know what's going on, just to get some familiar faces so that uh, you recognize uh, the the club and the community that we're building. Um, yeah, you can follow my Instagram page at uh, crunt underscore powerlifting.com. And for you those uh, wondering what kind of name is that, uh, my name is Kurt, and I used to be a runt, so you can put those together for yourself. So that's K-R-U-N-T? Yeah. Okay. Powerlifting. Underscore powerlifting. All right. Cool. So uh, thanks again, guys, for coming out. So if uh, anyone out there has any questions, you can always send us an email. Um, info at starkstrength.com or give us a call at 204-421-8801 and uh, for those of you that are interested in powerlifting or sorry a weightlifting seminar we've got uh, legendary coach Max Ada coming in to do a two-day seminar here at Stark it's January 20th and 21st 2018 so uh, he'll be coming down on day one we're going to be focusing on snatch drill and technique clean and jerk drill and technique and lecture so different phases of the lifts and then day two uh, going to be going over snatch and clean and jerk technical corrections and application going to be going over the squat and there's going to be a lecture on the weightlifting triad and then some question and answer there so if you are uh, wanting to sign up for that it is $299 US and uh, you can email me so info at starkstrength.com and I can shoot you off the link to register or you can always uh, directly email Max Ada so M-A-X-A-I-T-A training at gmail.com and uh, register for it that way as well but hopefully we'll get uh, some people out I know the, the course is limited to 25 people so uh hopefully we're going to pack the house and have a lot of people who are passionate about lifting here and um yeah thank you all for uh tuning in and we hope to see you soon